This is If I Go Missing, a podcast where we tell the stories of those who have gone missing so that they aren't forgotten. And maybe, just maybe, we can help bring them the justice they deserve. I am your host, Megan. And I'm your co-host, Lynn. Are you ready to dive into another story? Always. Let's do it. Let's go. So, this week's story is different. It began as a spinoff from last week. After talking to Marshall Iwasa's cousin, Kathy, we realized that there are a lot of people going missing in the British Columbia area. And all of those are young, healthy men. Yeah, there's so many missing men, like, especially in that category, like the younger... Oh, it's just crazy. I don't know what's going on. It seems like no one, no one really thinks anything is suspicious and no one thinks that they're all connected. So in this episode, you will hear my mom and I talk about maps that I've made of these men's last known whereabouts. And I actually show Cassie one of these maps. And this is actually the first version. It's not even the one that's been published on my Instagram because Cassie told me that there's more than what I had mapped out. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at your map right now. So there's one mom that we've also been really connected to that kind of started on our page. And her son actually went missing in Sun Peaks, which is not even one of the ones you have here. You can see it's, if you look at your map, it's just above Kamloops. So I think people are so interested in it because it hasn't been taken that seriously by law enforcement and everyone like wonders why, you know what I mean? Like it's just such a mystery to so many people yet not to the police or to the RCMP, which is kind of why I think people are so interested in it. Okay, you guys, you heard last week a glimpse of what might be coming. After Marshall Iwasa went missing and I got in touch with his family, I found something else altogether. Is this another one of your Lumberton, North Carolina, think I may have found a serial killer kind of cases? Yeah, well, probably, maybe. I don't know, but something's going on here for sure. Okie dokie, what is it? Okay, so, including Marshall Iwasa, seven men total have just vanished from the backcountry areas of British Columbia, Canada. Then, at least two of these men turn up dead and the rest are still gone. So if you're a man, don't go to British Columbia, Canada. Okay, I got it. You have my attention. Any other similarities? Yes. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that, so let me have them. Well, here it is. Time for a rabbit hole. All of these men were last seen in the rather vast province of British Columbia. But while this is a vast province, they were all seen in literally the same area. I made maps of this, and I've showed you earlier, but, like, if you... Look at it super close, it looks like they're kind of far apart. But if you don't focus so much on the little things and you zoom out and look at the big picture and the whole province, aka the big picture, they're pretty much located in the same small little area of the vast province of British Columbia. Yeah, the maps were crazy. I mean, the maps, the first time, the first time you showed me that was like zoomed in or whatever, like, yeah, those are kind of close. But then when you zoomed it out, it's like, well, there's on top of each other. But yeah. then like a medium zoom kind of gives you a more realistic view of 
You know, those are like five, ten mile radius here. What are we talking? I mean, they're close. Well, the thing is, they all are pretty much all like right off of or around the same stretch of highway. Yeah, it it just um, like I said, if you're a man, you might want to avoid British Columbia for a while, at least till we get this thing figured out. All right, let's figure this thing out. So obviously, we have agreed upon the fact that something is going on in British Columbia. So much so that we aren't the only ones that thought this. The Prime Minister of Public Safety for British Columbia says that he doesn't even know what's behind the province's missing persons problem. And he is actually waiting for the final report to come in from the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls to see whether it holds some answers or not as to this whole missing persons problem. It's just crazy to me. And if you don't know about the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, stay tuned because we're going to have the Highway of Tears episode coming soon. And that is all about that. And it also kind of ties into a previous episode we did from the States about Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. Right. Because she was one of the U.S.'s missing and murdered indigenous women. I remember that. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. And, And it's amazing... Maybe if we had like this huge unit of the police or investigators or whatever that could be stationed just on this stuff, so that some of these puzzle pieces could be put together. Because I mean, they're they're puzzle pieces here. We read the holes, but they're puzzle pieces. They're all Mm -hmm. they're here. We just have to get somebody that can put them all together and get the whole daggum picture. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how Canada wants to handle things, but apparently America seems to like to take our overwhelmed force of police officers and say, you know what, in addition to all these other cases that are relative and active and like just now happening, mm-hmm. here's three cold case files and they're, you know, this one's been cold for like 20 years, but here you go, do that in your free time. Yeah. Oh, and if you get bored, go check with the guy down the hall because he's got like a pile of cold cases we gave him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer, but so many of these people, their families don't have answers. It's really sad. They just get forgotten about, and mm-hmm. I don't really know. They, get in, they go in the pile. It's so sad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very another sad. folder into the pile because people stop talking about it. They do. You go on to the most recent one that's fresh in your mind. Yeah. And it's sad. I don't want my family member being a cold case. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or any other case. But I don't want my family member ending up that cold case that everybody forgets about. Yeah. It's so sad. But I also don't want them to be like that infamous case that yeah. everybody remembers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I don't want that either. Can we just, like, stay out of the headlines? I like that. That's a good one. There we go. That's a good one. All right. Anyways, back to the story. Ever since records started being kept decades ago, about 2,500 people have gone missing and stayed missing in British Columbia. That's over a third of the roughly 7,000 cases nationwide. Wow. Well, Canada's a big country. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a lot in one spot. So the reason why this province eclipses the national rate is just like a total mystery. Recent figures that have been released from the National Center for Missing Persons show that more than 12,300 missing persons reports were filed in British Columbia alone last year. Ontario, which if you don't really know the layout of Canada, 
Ontario is more towards the eastern side mm-hmm. versus British Columbia on the western side. Ontario is near one of our Great Lakes. It's like oh, hence the name Lake Ontario. Excuse us, we all have our moments. Well, I've been to Lake Erie, so I really wasn't thinking that was Ohio area, but it sounds a little eerie. Yeah, doesn't that? But um, yeah, so it could be Ontario. Yeah, could could be close to that. Maybe it could be in the general <laughs> area. Yeah. Ugh. So in Ontario, with <laughs> you know, like three times the population of British Columbia, it only saw seven thousand five hundred reports versus. The 12,300 of British Columbia. And it's got three times less population. Wow. Yeah. So the overwhelming majority of these reports, though, in the end, luckily the missing person is found within a week, although it doesn't say, you know, alive and well or right, right. the alternative. It doesn't say the status. It just says, yeah, it just says that these people are found within a week most of the time. But more than 9,000 of the British Columbia cases filed last year were listed as not having a known reason as to why the person went missing. And the second most common reason was runaways, and that was about 1,100 of the cases. Okay. I mean, it makes sense that runaways would be in the missing persons because you don't know if they're a runaway or missing person till you find them or saw their case or... I get that. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in British Columbia, but it's time we speak up. All of these men were last seen in... You know, the rather vast province of British Columbia, all of them being white males who were generally in good health and young. The men's ages range from as young as 20 to their late 40s, like 48, I think, was the oldest. That is a big age group. It is, and that's the one kind of questionable thing to me. Mm-hmm. But something I find that's just kind of mind-boggling is that they also all stand about the same height, being anywhere from about 5'8", 5'9", to, you know, 6'1", 6'2", area. And their weights all range from about, like, you know, I think it was 170, 180 area on the lower end. And then, like, for some of the taller guys, it was upwards of around, like, 220. Well, I mean, but if these 40-something-year-old men, I mean, like, Daddy, nobody believes he's the age he is, because he's a young-looking man. Yeah. All right. And, you know, he's taking care of himself, and he's all in shape, and he's got that younger-looking face. Mm-hmm. We call it baby face down here or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these these 40-something-year-old men going to a 20-year-old range, I can see if you're in the dark, kind of, and he's still kind of built, he's still taking care of himself. Mm-hmm. I can see the age range not being that big of a factor. So if you think about like these backcountry guys, two of them mm-hmm. at least were ranch hands or ranch mm-hmm. manager or something. So you know they they some yeah. of them would wear like cowboy hats or like they would have mm-hmm. beards or longer hair. Right. So like if those are all things that kind of mm-hmm. can disfigure a person's age. Yeah. 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 Because a twenty year old, you know, if he don't take too good of himself, or if he is someone who's like a ranch hand or something that works mm-hmm. outside. Picking up heavy bales, picking up heavy bags of X, Y, Z, you know, they're going to get more of a rugged exterior than a 20-year-old. Yeah, and I mean, in apparently this area of British Columbia, from everything I've found out, mm-hmm. from talking to families like Marshalls and researching on my own, 
this is some pretty rugged terrain. Yeah. Like, it ain't for the faint of heart, sister. Yeah. So these are manly men. <laughs> and these are men that can take the weather. They can take the British Columbia weather. There you go. And it's not hot up there. No, it's, major it, it's cold. It's some major winters up there. Kudos to you guys. Yeah. Amen. We are currently sitting at a lovely 100 degrees outside right now. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're so off tonight. Yeah. Brains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Done with summer. I'm going to start by telling you the disappearances of the men in the way that they went missing, like by the date. Makes sense. Instead of by like location, because mm-hmm. it can get a little confusing, but I want to chronicle it. Yeah, well, if you start telling me too much location, then I'm going to get lost in that. I'm not paying attention to, wait, 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 who was first? Yeah. Who was second? Who's on third? Yeah. So the first disappearance happens on October 22nd of 2013. A 44-year-old man named Dean Morrison worked as a painter at Stump Lake Ranch. On this particular day, he was actually getting let go from his job at the ranch. I can't really find out why, but I just know that he was. This ranch lies southeast of Kamloops, and on the day he disappeared, he was in the process of moving his broken down truck and trailer to his sister's place where he occasionally stayed on his days off. And I can only assume that Dean was staying here because of the trouble he was having at home. During this time, Dean and his wife were actually going through a separation and he was said to have been like taking it kind of rough, like having some depression issues, but not like enough to want to off yourself. Makes sense. Just, you know, I'm a little bummed that my marriage is ending. Yeah, makes sense. The last person known to have seen Dean is the Stump Lake Ranch manager, Dan Fremlin. When Dean first went missing, Dan told this um, newspaper in Canada called the Merritt Herald that he last saw Morrison at the ranch at about 9 a.m. on October 22, 2013. When he saw him, he said he was trying to start a van that he had left on the property So I'm not sure if it's a van or a truck at this point because of the conflicting stories. So whatever it was, he was trying to start it. Okay. And it wasn't working. And the only reason it would make a difference is if there was some way that that would make a bearing on the case. Yeah, and it really doesn't. So it's either a van or a truck, you guys. Dan also said when he saw Dean trying to start this van or truck that he appeared to look wasted and that the vehicle had been left on the property because it was obviously broken down. Right. Because of it being broken down and everything, the pair ended up actually calling a tow truck to pick him up along with the vehicle. So then Dean was tasked with cleaning up his workspace in the interim. So I guess we kind of go our separate ways at this point. And then the tow truck arrived at about 11 a.m. But by 11 a.m., Dean was nowhere to be found. Okay. Dan Fremlin said he searched buildings for him to no avail, and the tow truck finally had to leave by about 1 p.m. Okay, so he just vanished? Oof. I mean, he's got to be on this ranch. Got to. He's, he's got to be on that ranch. After Morrison's disappearance, though, Dan Fremlin said the ranch dedicated at least one staff member for the next three weeks to search the area for him. 
Along with this, several other extensive searches were conducted multiple times to try and locate Dean, but nothing has ever come of them. Dean's mother, so desperately searching for answers, even hired a private investigator. The private investigator, though, is kind of curious about how Dean, like you were mm -hmm. thinking, just yeah. vanished without anyone noticing sometime between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. I and mean, that's four hours span. Yeah. And I mean, like the private investigator had mentioned in the article I read, you know, the property is very large. Okay. okay. Four hours, you might could get some distance on the property, but you're not going to, like, yeah. get out of town. Yeah, I don't... Mm. So, it's just a bit unclear as to where he could have gone in that short period of time. Anyone who wishes to assist in the search can actually contact investigators at 604-922-6572. Okay, so talk a little bit about the case now. Yeah, now that you have what little facts I was able to dig up. Definitely. That's all I got. Oh, well... Wow. Yeah. Because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> and I have no answers. Wow. I mean, was his workstation cleaned? He, he had to go clean his work area, right? So did he get to clean his work area? Was it really yeah, messy? Because, I mean, was it a lot? That would tell you if he even got exactly. to. Exactly. You know, that would tell you. That would give you a better Be a time better, of mm -hmm. when he actually went Exactly. A better little grid. clue of what we're talking about here. Are we yeah. talking about he went and cleaned his work area and all that an hour, hour and a half? Okay, so now we're talking about a two and a half hour work span. I mean, missing span versus, um, I mean, did he clear his area in like an hour, hour and a half? You know, so that takes us down to maybe two, two and a half hours looking for this man instead of four hours. So how far could he get off the land in that length of time? And mm -hmm. I got a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 And you know what is so weird? Every other case goes just like this. They just go poof and we never find yeah. anything. People can't vanish. No. I mean, this is not some sci-fi movie. I love sci-fi, but this is ridiculous. And it's it, only the first case out of seven. Yeah, I mean, wow. We're, <laughs> we're going to be with y'all a long time, folks. Because I got a lot of questions. Wow. Well, let's add to it. Well, okie dokie. The next person to go missing is a man named Luke Neville. Luke Neville was described by police as a 48-year-old Caucasian male with short gray hair, brown eyes, and he disappeared on October 9th, 2017. He's only four years older than the first man, so they're still in the really close age range. Mm-hmm. True. Except this is now... Four years later. On the afternoon he disappeared, Luke was last seen in the Spence's Bridge area. He was driving a white 2003 Ford E250 van. He was reported missing to the Lytton RCMP. And for those of you guys in America that don't know, that is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Thank you, because I was kind of wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so he was reported missing to the Lytton RCMP on October 10th. On the same day he was reported missing, which was a day after he actually went missing, his van was found completely burnt out along the Sackham Forest Service Road, 20 kilometers or about 12.4 miles away from the community of Spence's Bridge. 
Police have told the family that people who were there that day know what happened but won't talk. Numerous searches have been conducted, yet no sign of Luke has ever been found again. Police are asking anyone with information about Neville's disappearance to contact the Southeast District Major Crime Unit at 1877-987-8477 or you can contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Okay, so let me guess. That's all you got on that case. You can't tell me anything else. I mean, I would tell you if I could. But one of the biggest things here, and I, I definitely am going to need you and anybody listening to this to remember this. And if you listen to Marshall's episode from last week, you already know what I'm going to say. But this burnt out van thing. Yeah. Like, who burns out their car? Nobody burns out their car. Like, oh my God. No. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. No, that's definitely another piece of our daggum puzzle nobody can put together. Yeah. And, you know, because of the burnt-out car, his disappearance is kind of seeming a little suspicious, maybe a little criminal. Yeah, think. I mean, seriously. But yet, Marshall's isn't. Somebody, so somebody is burning these people's cars. Not all of them, though. I'm not going to set my car on fire. I don't know. I guess I'm trying to disappear. I might set my car on fire to make it look like somebody did something to me. But That's just stupid. <laughs> I feel like the biggest clue here is the burnt car. Yeah. So, according to Google Maps, from where Dean went missing in Stump Lake is only an hour and 33 minutes away from Spence's Bridge, where Luke has gone missing from. So, I think, re- I think regardless, the most important thing to remember about Luke's case for the future is that he had that completely burnt out car. So, everybody just really keep that in mind as we go on to the next case. The next case is that of 20-year-old Ryan Shatuka. Ryan went missing on February 17, 2018 after leaving a house party on Burfield Drive in Sun Peaks, British Columbia. So, remember Kamloops from earlier? Mm-hmm. The area where Ryan went missing is like 60 kilometers or, you know, for you guys in America, like a roughly 37 miles northeast of Kamloops. So okay. it's only like a 40 mile drive. So it's like from. Yeah. From here to parts of Savannah. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan disappeared from Sun Peaks around 2.10 a.m. And despite a huge search, no clues have emerged as to his whereabouts. No, of course not. Ryan was a seasonal worker from Beaumont Alta and he was working as a lift operator at the Sun Peaks Resort. He had come to Sun Peaks on December 1st of 2017 to spend the season snowboarding. When he didn't show up for work later that next day, friends reported him missing. That night, his parents received a text message from Ryan's roommate, but initially didn't think much of it until they read the entire message. They then responded and reported him missing to authorities. It was believed that he was planning to walk the short distance to his home from wherever the party was, but it's unclear how affected he may or may not have been from any alcohol that was potentially consumed at the party. Okay, that's one way of getting it, be. Well, I mean, I couldn't find anything that said <laughs> right. he did or didn't drink or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely. The initial theory from search and rescue teams was that Ryan had fallen into a gully, which was covered later that same weekend by heavy snow. And you know, when the snow melted after winter, they would find him, but they didn't. Then something happened. A man named Jim Reed, who was staying with friends near the house where Ryan lived on the night he went missing, told this news outlet, CBC, that he heard an unusual interaction outside in the middle of the night. He says, quote, I heard a guy's voice and it was mad. Jim Reed says that the person he heard was yelling, quote, get in the car, get in the effing car. And Reed says he actually called and reported what he heard to police, but after they called him back several times, he hasn't heard anything since. However, after exhaustive interviews with everyone involved with Ryan, police say they have no reason to believe foul play was involved. Much like some other cases that foul play should have been suspected in and was not. Hint, hint. Okay. Sniffer dogs were even put out for Ryan though, and they detected no scent trail. There were no footprints in the snow and no sign of a body, clothing, or blood once the snow had melted in the area. But what about that loud argument? Because just like the rest of the cases, something is not adding up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who was arguing out there? Those with information are asked to call Cam Loops RCMP at 250-828-3000 or Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Okay, so... Stump Lake is here. That's where the first person went missing. A is the second. B is the a circle. It is. I don't get this. So according to Google Maps, basically how it stands right now from Stump Lake to Spence Bridges to Sun Peaks, where Ryan is now missing from, it's roughly in the outline of a circle. There's just too many clues that... We don't have the training to understand that somebody that has the training should be looking into. That's what I would think, too. I don't know. I just hope if anybody goes missing, it's me. Because I don't have it quite as good as you do, and I may not pick up on this stuff. Oh, I just think when there's a bunch of people missing in the same little stretch of area, something's going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't think to make a map. And... Real, I mean, just a realization that, hey, wait, this map makes a dang circle. And these men are 30 minutes to an hour apart. And this doesn't even make sense, y'all. Come on, there's got to be puzzle pieces in here that we're not trained to find. You are trained to find them. Mm -hmm. Come on. And I'm wondering how that circle is going to go once we add in the rest of the pieces. Because in my first set of maps, mm -hmm. I don't think I had Stump Lake in there at all. Yeah. I think I might have overlooked that one. So that's why I went ahead and remade it as we decided to tell the stories so that I could look as we went along. And it's already kind of amazing how mm -hmm. it's unfolding. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely unfolding here. Like, puzzle pieces, cop people. Come yeah. On, help us out. So much like the first case we spoke about, another man went missing from a nearby ranch. This ranch is also situated off of Highway 5A between Merritt and Kamloops. Where Dean Morrison worked and was last seen is only about 45 kilometers or, you know, roughly about 
28 miles away from where the next man would go missing. There's our 30 minute window again, 30 minute hour window. Hour and a half, I mean. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean these people are all right there together. They are. That, I mean, that kind of tells you that there's something's up. Some psycho in that area, y'all. We gotta find the psycho. Yeah. We gotta, it's, I don't know. Gonna stop this cycle by finding the psycho. Yeah. So on January 26th of 2019, the ranch manager at Nicola Lake, a man by the name of Ben Tyner, just vanishes without a trace. Okay, here we go again. Despite exhaustive searches, no one can find the 32-year-old cowboy. Ben Tyner, along with his horse, moved from his home in Wyoming to Merritt in the fall to take the job at the Nicola Ranch. Though Ben was last seen on January 26th, he was not reported missing for two days when his saddle horse was found wandering along a logging road off of Highway 97. This highway was also just northwest of Merritt. And something else I'm noticing, these are all service roads, logging roads are being found on. Back road. Yeah. And the cars are being found on service roads. This is a logging road. Yeah. A person that knew or worked in the area. Somebody who knows the backcountry. Mm -hmm. Just like all the others, an extensive search of the area proved fruitless. Early on, investigators from the Southeast District Major Crime Unit were called in to assist and continue to work the case. Ben's case remains unsolved and deemed likely criminal, though RCMP will not release any information as to why at the moment. Anyone with information regarding Ben Tyner's disappearance is asked to call the Merritt RCMP at 250-378. 4262 or the Major Crimes Unit tip line at 1-877-987-8477. I'm getting to the point I don't even have anything to say. Surprise! <laughs> I mean, it, there are puzzle pieces here that have to be connected. They have, somehow they have to go together. These things are, it's all too close together, two within, I don't know, time spans. The time spans, the first time span from the first man that went missing to the second, which, you know, it was four years. But boy, after that, whoever this is is getting active. And wouldn't you know it, when I put Nicola Ranch into Google Maps, it is just cutting across the circle. Um, Atlanta? Mm-hmm. I mean, the circle is broken, but it's still within the circle radius. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, just, I don't even know anymore. It's like I have nothing to say anymore. Then Christopher Couture went missing. Christopher has been missing since somewhere between January 26th and May 17th of 2019. The Dates are as such because Chris's family wasn't even notified about his car until May. So this man was missing somewhere in that span and nobody had a clue? Yeah. Lord bless. Technically, I mean, he could have been missing from around 
about the same time as Ben Tyner. And his family didn't even know till May. This is just crazy. And I hear the word notified about the car. Yeah. There goes that little car puzzle piece popping up again. Yeah, I mean, you know, his wasn't like burnt, but, you know, he did leave it, apparently. He had recently moved from Edmonton to the lower mainland for a job at a construction company as well. So, Christopher had went to work the morning of January 25th in Maple Ridge, and then he went to the Good Life Gym in Burnaby later the same day. Then, his vehicle was found on January 27th by the RCMP, but it took from the 27th of January to the 6th of May to connect the vehicle to Christopher's missing persons case. It's a long time. really long time. Yeah. When you find a vehicle registered to Christopher and you don't put the puzzle pieces together for how many How do you not? If there's a missing persons case, it should, should it, automatically pop up. Yeah, I mean, something. Well, it stinks in the state of Denmark. Yeah, something's not right. Yeah. That's, that's too long not to be able to connect. The, the car's registered for a reason. It belongs to you. It's registered to you. Yeah, I mean, I would think that's so, the same in any country. Boom. There's, there's your boom right there. Yeah. But it gets a little worse. What do I know? No, it gets worse. Even though his car was actually found on January 27th, nobody was notified till May. But on top of that, the car wasn't even towed away from the site for three months. Based on photographs and reports from January 27th and then May 6th when it was towed, any evidence in the vehicle was gone, and the vehicle had actually been broken into multiple times. Well, duh, because it just sat out there free reign. I don't understand why you would not do the thing. When you find an abandoned car around here, you put like a red sticker thing on it, and it says, we're coming back to pick up your car January 27th, January 29th. Yeah. Whatever. You give me two, two days, three days, whatever it is. That's the thing. I don't know how it is. Right. In Canada. Right, right. It could Especially be totally in like different. the rural backcountry. It could be totally different, but I just don't understand how you just leave it sitting out there for months. I, I go, don't either. I can't always bring it in for a crime scene. Walk through Lake Jack. So there is actually an anonymous tip line, you guys, if you have any information. And that number is 1226 this just gets crazier by the minute. Back to our maps. Christopher's car was found at Chilliwack Trailhead. So let's see where that falls. Okay, now we're branching a little farther away. Southwest. Still on that same road. It, yeah, it is. It's still on that same connected road. Okay. Then, two men that lived in the Surrey area went missing. Ryan Proventure and Richard Skurr who were 38 and 37 years old, went missing on July 17th, 2019. And if you remember back, we talked about Luke Neville. Mm -hmm. So his brother, Mark Neville, actually said that when he heard about the Proventure and Skur case, that he was really struck by how similar the circumstances were to his own brother's disappearance. Yes, yeah, so the families put the pieces together, some of the families. So these two men had actually headed out that day with plans to travel to Spence's Bridge. Good old Bridgie. 
They were last seen getting into a white 2019 Jeep Cherokee at the 16,400 block of 23A Avenue in Surrey at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time on July 17th. The men were both reported missing on July 20th, and by July 21st, the white 2019 Jeep had been located. The Jeep was parked in a wooded area near Logan Lake, British Columbia, which is about 300 kilometers or 186 miles northeast of Surrey where they came from. And it's about 100 kilometers or about 62 miles east of Spence's Bridge where they were supposed to be going. Okay. So let's see where Logan Lake falls in here. It's right in the middle of the circle. Okay, the circle theory is starting to die. It's the same area, but it's not the circle it was looking like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's still that same it's area. It's still that same. Mm-hmm. Everything is still branching off of that same main road. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. And according to Google, if you start from where the first person was and drive to all of these separate places, mm-hmm. like... Just drive straight. Right. It's going to take you about 9 hours and 51 minutes. So, it's not like it's a far right. trip. Yeah, because um, Chilliwack, that, where um, Christopher went missing, it's almost on the Washington state border. It's not far from Seattle. Okay. So, the Surrey RCMP said that preliminary information indicated that both Provincial and Sure made it to Spence's Bridge. But here's the thing. The men weren't planning to just vanish. Amber Provencher, Ryan's sister, told news outlets that both men had young children that they were supposed to be picking up in the coming days, and Ryan's family was planning a family vacation. No, no, we did not. Mm-mm. I mean, these are good things. Yeah. They're not like, you know, had a court case. I mean, this is a good. these are good things. Although I have seen different things where, like, I think I think these two are the ones that had, like, kind of a lengthy history with the law. But, I mean, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, nothing bad seems to be coming up they won't be running from. Yeah. I mean, one's, one's picking up his child. Yeah. The other one's going on vacation. Just, well, they both have kids. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Police deployed search and rescue and a helicopter and police dog services to the area. Then Logan Lake, RCMP, and other local detachments began assisting. Finally, on August 17th, RCMP confirmed that two bodies found near the rural community of Spence's Bridge on August 17th were those of Ryan Provencher and Richard Skirt. Now, do I say, oh my God, that's horrible? Do I say I'm glad they were at least found for the family's closure? Or do I just say it breaks my heart either way? I think it breaks my heart either way. That's a sad good. At, yeah. least, at least there's closure, but now the questions. Yeah, but what? Yeah, but what happened? What happened? How? I don't know. And why leave a trail? Yeah, if it's all connected, maybe it's not tightly connected. I don't know. Maybe, or maybe he got sloppy and confident. Yeah, so I'm saying confident. Like, yeah, I'll see if you can figure this one out. I'll leave you. I'll leave you clues this time i I don't know just it's heartbreaking because something is going on Mm -hmm. whether it actually ends up being connected or not something is going on yeah 
definitely. And something's not being looked into. Then, when all seemed quiet, another man went missing. This man was Marshall Iwasa, whom we discussed last week, but in case you didn't hear this week's episode, I'll give you a brief overview. 27-year-old Marshall Iwasa was last seen by his mother when he drove to Lethbridge, where she lives, to get some things out of a storage unit he shares with his sister. Before going to the unit, he stopped by to spend some time with his mom. When he left his mother's home to head to the storage unit, he told his family he was going to be returning to Calgary where he was staying, but he hasn't been seen or heard from since. A week later, his burned-out vehicle was discovered in the British Columbia backcountry near Pemberton. Now, think back. Luke Neville's van was also burnt out. Marshall had a truck, but it still burnt mm-hmm. out. Right. Police have conducted exhaustive searches for Marshall, but nothing has come up. Furthermore, police believe that since Marshall had not yet told his family that he had chosen not to re-enroll in school the following semester, that he somehow was experiencing stress in his life, and therefore, they don't consider his case as suspicious. So just because I decided not to go back to school, I just decided to vanish? Yeah, apparently, if I decide not to go back to school and don't tell my family immediately, then it's a big thing. No, because if I don't live in, like, the same town or whatever, pardon the expression, but I can fake I've been to school and, you know... I don't, I don't have to tell mom and dad or whatever that I quit school for a while. I can fake it for a while. We don't live in the same town, yeah, like the I same can, house. I can kind of prolong it till I'm ready exactly, to talk. Exactly, exactly. Till I'm ready to explain yeah. things. So, mom, you know, six months ago, I told you, what about school? I really didn't go back to school. You can, I mean, you can always do that. Yeah, and I mean, no. it's okay if you're not ready to explain it right now. That's yeah. not suspicious. It's just no. you're not ready to talk. No, and that does not mean that I'm just going to go off the grid and burn and, out my truck. Hello. So now what am I going to do with my life? I have no way to get anywhere. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going back to school. And obviously I'm not talking to my parents. No, this is crazy. Exactly. No. No one no. burns out their own truck. Like, really? No. no. There, there's no reason. According to the family and anybody that's really, like, taking a look at this thing, his disappearance is 100% suspicious. Yet... One thing police will say is that hikers discovered some of Marshall's clothing in the forest in a trail leading away from his vehicle. That could have been anything. Mm-hmm. Before they set my car on fire, they grabbed some of my clothes out of it. I mean, it, yeah. well, I don't know. According to Lethbridge Police, there is a um, discrepancy between photos taken by the hikers who located the scene and RCMP photos taken when officers arrive sometime later. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it's possible, according to the RCMP, that other backcountry users encountered the items prior to RCMP's arrival. Totally, totally possible. This case is actually really recent. So, if you have any information on Marshall, please contact the Lethbridge Police. Yeah, I mean, we, we still have a, a chance because it's so recent. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't set his car on fire and throw clothes all out around it. None of that, none of that makes sense. And this is the map I just added Pemberton where he's, his truck was. He's right there. The two outliers from the main group are about the same distance apart and out. Yeah. That's the craziest thing I have ever seen. It doesn't make sense. No. No. 
That's what I was trying to see if it if it made anything, if it spelled anything, if it made a letter, or if it. I don't see anything though. I guess you say something to grab at. Looks well, like it's all around Highway 99 and Highway 5. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all that very doable area. Mm-hmm. The total trip, if you drive from every person in the order we talked about, from Stump Lake to Spence's Bridge to Sun Peaks to Nicola Ranch to Chilliwack to Logan Lake and to Pemberton, it will take you a grand total of 13 hours and 7 minutes. And that's not even from, like, point A to point B. That's not even from, like, the last place to the next place. Like, Logan Lake to Pemberton, where Marshall was, is actually closer than 13 hours. But if you drive that whole span, it's going to be 13 hours. Right. That's just what I don't get, is it's all so close. And, like, it looks spread out right now. But, look, if you zoom out and look at the province of British Columbia. Yeah. They're all right there together. Yeah. Uh, That's definitely a strange one. Maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe it's a rabbit hole. But I think something's going on. It's a something. Mm -hmm. It's a something. If you guys have any theories, hit us up on social media. We would love to hear them because we're obviously stumped. Thank you for listening to another episode of If I Go Missing. I'm your host, Megan. And I put a lot of thought and hard work into these episodes. I write, edit, and produce them all myself. And it means a lot to me that you guys take the time to listen. If you would like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is at if I go missing podcast. Then we also have our Twitter and that one is at Megan Noel pod. If you want to reach out and suggest a case, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter by sending us a DM. We also have a Facebook page called Megan Noel podcast. And we also have discussion groups for the podcast. And the name of the discussion group is If I Go Missing, a podcast.